Hello and welcome to Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is Russ Shaw. This is episode number 24. A lot of episodes here. Going six months doing ASI. Getting some email, but not getting some email. I just hope everything's making sense here. I just wanted to make sure with today's show that uh, seeds are getting planted in you that are making sense. You're able to check your resistance. If you're having any resistance in your in your behavior, in your attitudes towards what I'm saying, I would pray that you would email me, Russ at digitalaudioproject.com, or leave a voicemail. Got a voicemail number on the show now. I just want to make sure that uh, you understand that attitudes are what is important here. Your how this stuff hits you and how it affects your attitude, because your attitude is what's going to grow these seeds of the behavior, of changing your behavior, of change, of knowledge, of thought. It all starts with attitude. So if you have any any resistance in your spirit at all, you know, that's checking attitude. That's that's putting an attitude against some of the stuff I'm saying. I don't want I want you to know that I'm a safe place, that you can bring that to me. I'm not going to beat you up, I'm not going to hit you over the head with a Bible or anything like that, that this is a safe place to talk about that stuff. I'm not going to beat you up about it. I'm not going to kick you when you're down, just so you understand that. This is not a show just for Christians either. I want to address that. If you're not a Christian, you're more than welcome to listen to this show. I don't want to alienate people for other different faiths. I'm a Christian. I talk about the Bible. That's what I talk about. I also have Christians that are saying that my show isn't based on biblical truth. I just believe that the Bible has a lot of truth in it, whether you're a Christian or not. So that's why I share a lot of stuff in the Bible. And if you have any problems with the stuff that I share in the Bible, you know, don't. I would pray that you wouldn't just be uh, arguing with me because what I'm saying comes out of the Bible. Listen to what I say and check it against truth. If it makes sense for you, then apply it. If it doesn't, then email me, Russ at digitalaudioproject.com, and let's get this stuff taken care of. Let's get this stuff worked on in you. Because ultimately, you need to get a counselor. You need to talk to somebody professionally, and I would hope you would do that. But maybe you're feeling like you don't need a counselor yet, and there's just some questions you need answered, and I want you to know that I'm here for you about that stuff. Before you get a counselor, if you don't feel like you need a counselor, it's it's important to get one, I believe, but just email me and and let's start taking some of this stuff on so away we go with episode number 24 doing uh, some intense shows the last couple of shows here and I want to address some things getting uh, stuffy Christian types you know you challenge what I say and think that I'm a nut job or whatever and that I'm not uh, running this ministry based on biblical truth and, uh, you know, I just pray that if you think that, if you believe that, that you would email me and challenge me on it. Because I do. I do run this whole ministry based on biblical truth. And I wanted to talk about some of that today. Uh, the last episode I said that uh, I may be using, this was my own self-analyzation, was I may be using this ministry, you know, sometimes with my relationship with my wife to hide or to escape. A lot of us guys can use time on the computer, whether it be doing a ministry like me or playing video games or whatever it is, to hide and escape from our wives and our families. We don't know how to deal with our issues. We are either afraid to deal with them or, you know, it's just we feel hopeless. So, we escape. We uh, spend time in other places, whether it be, uh, you know, on the Internet in a ministry at the church or playing golf Whatever it is, it's an escape. Well, stop escaping, Russ. And and that's what I was trying to identify in my own mind, in my own spirit. Am I doing that? And the facts are that, no, I don't really want to do that. Maybe I do a little bit, trying to just get a grip on my own issues with intimacy. At the same time, one of the other things I struggle with, and I'm also doing a... uh, I may write, once I finish my book on uh, sexual integrity, I plan on doing a book on uh, addicted to distraction and talking about how, yes, there really is brain chemistry in people like me who are ADD, 
that makes us distracted most of the time. We have a very, very hard time staying on task. And just from what I've learned going back into non-behavioral addictions, Dr. Gearhart's book, uh, like I said in the last episode, I think is one of the most important books ever written about non-behavioral addictions, getting people to understand that you have a brain chemistry that keeps you locked into these behaviors until you can break that brain chemistry, until you can change those brain chemicals. How? By uh, changing your behaviors, changing your behavioral patterns, trying to do that. You need to get into groups. You need to get in with other men. You need to get in with other women. You need to be able to talk about what makes you do the things that you do. And part of this uh, ADD thing is, is that. One of the big red flags for me in doing this uh, whole addicted to distraction and looking at it as in comparison to the way I conquered sex addiction is that the patterns that we create in our mind that I've created in my mind to be distracted by things are driving me, you know, is my, my mind, my flesh being driven towards pleasure and out of pain, even if it's short-term pleasure. And in the instance of ADD, it is very, very short-term pleasure. It is boom, boom, boom. My mind is working all the time to try and distract me from saying, staying on task. Why? Uh, because if I finish my task, will I be happy with my work once I've finished it? How will I feel about it? You know, we attach emotions too much to our thought patterns, our behaviors, and the stuff we do. I wanted to address that to get you to understand that I do want your emails. I need your emails to run this ministry. It's uh, I've had a drop off of emails since I did that episode. And I want you guys to know that. I want you to understand that. Um, how busy am I with this ministry? How successful is ASI as far as a podcast show? A lot of podcasters will say you can gauge your success based on uh, subscribers and email. Uh, on a good week, I can get up to uh, 10 to 15 emails. A uh, bad week, I can maybe get three. Do I go a week without getting any email? Not lately. No, I've been getting email every week lately for the last few months. It's not a week's gone by where I didn't receive any email at all. There is times where I've only received one or maybe two or stuff like that, but uh, there is people also that I have conversations with on an ongoing basis. I have emailed them back and forth, and I want to do that with you folks. I will promise you, any of you who email me, you will receive a response from me personally. I will talk to you personally about what you're going through. Uh, a lot of times I get email with questions that are stuff that I've already covered in a show. So I may actually send you to an episode that I may have already covered. Now, a lot of people want to listen to the episodes in, in, uh, you know, in order. And I think the problem with that is that I may have addressed your situation in an episode and for you to wait until you have heard all the other episodes may damage you, <laughs> to be honest with you. I think you need to take this thing on and do it as quickly as possible. Get your questions answered as quickly as possible and uh, start showing that you are producing fruit. That is my goal for you, is to get you to produce fruit. What, uh, like the fruit of the Spirit. What did Paul say about the fruit of the Spirit? Uh, is love, compassion, all this stuff. But, you know, self-control. This is your uh, part of the fruit that I want you to be able to understand is self-control. Now, how do you do that? Jesus talks about Matthew 13. He talks about the parable of the sower sowing seeds. He talks about, you know, throwing the seeds on good ground. They, you know, they're eaten by birds or whatever, and you just throw the seeds in this other ground, and they, it doesn't grow. They don't have enough water. The soil isn't just right. And, you know, I used to hear that when I grew up, and I used to think that I was the seed. Let me tell you something. You're not a seed. The words that I'm trying to communicate to you, those are the seeds. If there's something you don't understand in what I say, I, I challenge you to bring it to me. Because 
what you're doing is you're taking the seeds that I say in my shows and you're trying to plant them in your life. Or maybe you feel like you don't have enough courage to plant those seeds in your life. You need more information. If you don't have enough courage to plant the seeds in your life, it's basically like the seeds hitting dry ground. And the bird comes and he devours them. Some seeds will land in the, off of the path or off the area you're trying to grow them in and they will get choked out by other plants. The vines and the blackberry bushes, if you will, will choke out those seeds. And what does that mean? Maybe it's your church. Maybe your church is trying to stuff doctrine down your throat that you don't understand and you are taking those seeds and it's it's growing fruit in your life or growing weeds in your life that is making you beat yourself up. If you hear the Bible or if somebody's twisting Jesus' words to, to mean something that is uh, making you feel like you deserve to go straight to hell, then you know you need to identify that. You need to find out what that means. You need to be able to produce fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. Bring a little heaven here to earth. Hear about people talking about partying and having fun like it's raising hell. I'm going to raise some hell. Well, you know, you don't want to raise hell. Partying and fellowship and having fun with your friends is not raising hell. If you were to go into uh, a house and blast everybody with a flamethrower, killing everyone in the room, that would be raising hell. That's what raising hell is, okay? Let's not get the two confused. A lot of times people go out and they party so they can uh, have fellowship with other folks, to maybe if you're single, to meet a mate, uh, just to be able to talk with other people. And the problem with that is, that, you know, if you start carousing with a bunch of people who do not believe in God or who are not living by faith or who are not looking to get spiritual fruit in their lives, um, they can drag you down with them. Or they can give you seeds that are going to uh, cause you to grow weeds that will be thrown into the fire. Throw out all that stuff. You know, all that stuff that's damaging you, whatever it is, throw it in the fire. Cling on to the things that are giving you fruit, that are producing fruit in your life, the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of uh, materialism and self-gratification. Uh, Remember, Jesus said, if you give up your life for my sake, for the sake of good, for the sake of righteousness, you will live. If you give up that stuff, your life will start to... Uh, will start to work right, will start to operate properly. The gears will start to come together. All the rust and the oil and the stains of sin that have destroyed your life and brought you to this place will start to turn properly. Remember, the Bible says the, the wages of sin are death. Now, does that mean you're going to die when you sin? Not physically maybe, but every your relationships die, your spirit starts to die, you start to feel like uh, a piece of junk, a piece of garbage, you start to feel like you are your sin. In the analogy I gave last week about Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader, Darth Vader was death. You know, this guy blew away planets, destroyed... Uh, Millions and millions of people. He became his sin, Anakin did. Even though, in his heart, he wasn't that person. He was just trying to figure things out. But the seeds were never sown, became death. They grew into his sin nature. Because he justified. Romans in the Bible talks about how we are saved by the law. Jesus came to save us from the law because we cannot do the law. Basically, we are too sinful a creatures to keep the law. But the facts are that the law is written on our hearts. We feel guilty when we do evil, when we sin. We feel that guilt depending on how far we are on the gray scale. I've talked about that before. 
if we're totally down into being Darth Vader, we don't feel whole guilty about it. We don't feel that pain of guilt, that uh, striking pain of, oh, what did I just do? starts to get number and number as we get down to the dark side, as is talked about in the Star Wars movies, and away from the Force, which is the spirit, which is uh, the good side, the good dog and the bad dog, good dog story. The law is written on our hearts. The law is written in the Bible because... If we do break the law and we live by our flesh and our sin nature, we produce fruit that equals death. So, I hope you understand that. Russ at digitalaudioproject.com if you do not understand what I'm talking about. Here. Or, if you would like to send me a voicemail message at 425-645-7942, I can play that on the air if you'd like to call me with any kind of concerns that you might have with this stuff. Because that is the problem, folks. That is the question. That is your responsibility. Grow good fruit in your life. That's what I talk about. That's what I want you to take the attitude of. The fruit of the Spirit. You need that self-control. You need to have compassion. You need to have a loving relationship with people. Being more like Jesus is the fruit of the Spirit. Following God is not beating the crap out of yourself by trying to shove religion down inside you. Because like uh, Jesus said in the, in the parable of the sower, you know, those plants that you grow, those fruits that you grow, you start feeling good about yourself because you're doing the law and you can't keep up with it. What if you fail? You will fail if you're trying to overcome porn addiction and you're just trying to say, I'm going to stop doing this right now. Let me tell you something. You have circuitry in your mind that is keeping you in bondage. And to break that is going to take work. It's going to take hard work. So let me promise you something. If you think you can just stop today, if you've been masturbating since you were a teenager, since you were 13 years old, since you were 14 years old, if you've been having those orgasms every week since you were a kid, and now maybe you're, oh, I don't know, 25, you're 21, you're 35, you're 45, you're 55, and you're still masturbating, you're still doing that, let me tell you something. i got news for you. You're not going to be able to stop tomorrow. It's going to take work, folks. It's going to take having those orgasms every week. And to break that is going to take work. It's going to take hard work. So let me promise you something. If you think you can just stop today, if you've been masturbating since you were a teenager, since you were 13 years old, since you were 14 years old, if you've been having those orgasms every week since you were a kid, and now maybe you're... Oh, I don't know, 25, you're 21, you're 35, you're 45, you're 55, and you're still masturbating, you're still doing that? Let me tell you something. i got news for you. You're not going to be able to stop tomorrow. It's going to take work, folks. It's going to take dogged determination and perseverance. And one of the big ways we heal is asking questions. Asking questions to someone like me or someone like a counselor or someone like your pastor and don't just run away like I did when I was counseling with my pastor and I thought that he was, uh, oh, he was being mean to me and he was punishing me and he was saying hurtful things to me. Well, you know what? He was trying to help me. The problem is that that seed that he was trying to help me with, uh, it fell on stony ground. And the other seeds that he tried to sow, which lovingly he tried to sow, of religion, that i that's how I took it as religion, those seeds uh, grew but were quickly choked out by the rest of the world and all the stuff that was happening and the fact that I was like Anakin Skywalker going, you know what, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this life. I didn't sign up to be born a slave and have my mother murdered by sand people. That's not what I signed up for. So we have a responsibility to get those questions answered, okay? Do you understand that? Please, I pray that you understand that. And if you don't, please email me. Please do that. 
Russ at digitalaudioproject.com if you didn't get it the first time. Uh, depending on what uh, aggregate you're using to download this show, just look at your iPod, and my email address should be right there scrolling across your iPod. Unless you're on iTunes. It depends. That email address, that phone number, is me crying out to you saying, Hey, get your questions answered. Healing is a choice. There's a guy who wrote a book on that. I'd like to get him on my show. Stephen Otterburn, I believe it was, or was it Henry Cloud, one of those guys. Trying to get those guys on my show. They are very, very busy. I've sent some letters, and I'm praying, uh, you can pray with me, that we get those authors on the show. Uh, Stephen Otterburn wrote uh, Every Man's Battle, a great strategy book for taking on sex addiction. I encourage everybody to buy that book. But he also wrote a book called Healing is a Choice, or one of those guys did, uh, New Life Live. They also have a podcast show, which I encourage you to listen to their podcast show as well. Check that stuff out. Make choices to heal. Make choices to get your questions answered. Make choices to plant seeds inside you that are actually going to grow. Well, part of me doesn't want to heal, Russ. Part of me is still the vampire. Part of me says the vampire part of me. It, it looks good, you know. It uh, dresses nice. It looks good. It, it gets the chicks, maybe, if you're single. Makes people love me. Makes me feel like someone. Well, that's a great thing to address. Let's talk about that. Because like I said with my John 1010, which I sign every email with now, like I said about that, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So basically, if you're attaching yourself to your vampire side of you, if you think that that is cool and good and giving you life in some way, you're being deceived. And let me help you show you that the other part of that verse, Jesus came to give us life and to give it to the full. Uh, King James says to give it more abundantly. He wants to give you life. He wants you to stop killing yourself. Stop killing your relationships. Stop killing the people around you. You have stories and life and stuff inside you that other people need to hear. You are put on this earth to serve God in some way. You have a purpose. What's your purpose? Start asking those questions. Let's get some seeds planted in some good soil in your spirit in your mind that are going to grow and produce some kind of fruit. Fruit that's not destroying your life and your relationships. Can we do that, people? Give me a yes. Give me an amen. Whatever. Uh, email me. Russ at digitalaudioproject.com Understand that when I say stop using excuses... I mean that sincerely, okay? Because excuses are stealing from your future. That's what excuses do. Excuses are like little termites, like Dr. Block talked about. You know, these emotional termites that are eating away at relationships. That's what the little snipping, little nasty words that we say to each other, that's what that is. That is uh, the little sniping, snipping, it's emotional termites. And eventually, we just withdraw, withdraw, withdraw from each other until we don't have a relationship. Um, you, not healing, may be using excuses, and those excuses may be causing you to withdraw withdraw, withdraw from asking those questions, from getting your questions answered, from understanding who you are. Why do you make those excuses? Because we want to be in pleasure, we don't want to be in pain. Some of, facing some of this stuff is not very fun. It doesn't feel good. It hurts. Just like my analogy with uh, the heart exercise series of shows I did, Getting on the treadmill and working out those muscles in your heart, in your spirit, is going to be painful at first, but it's good for you. You know, working out in the gym, your flesh fights it, but it's good for your flesh. Why does my flesh fight something that is good for it? Because you're fighting an uphill battle. You're breaking those homeostats. You're uh, changing your normal. That's what you're doing changing my normal 
the heck is that supposed to mean, Russ? Why do you take those kinds of attitudes? If you respond in a negative way, I mean, that's okay, but understand that you can respond in a negative way over and over and over again. It just becomes an attitude. You just keep picking apart things that either I say or your pastor says and turning it to be something evil or wrong. It's a good excuse not to get your questions answered. It's a good excuse to keep you in bondage. And if you want some clarification on this whole identity thing I talk about, this whole Darth Vader, uh, Luke Skywalker, uh, Anakin Skywalker analogy, go to Romans 7. Check that out. Paul talks all about this stuff. He says, you know, that I do, that I want to do, I do not. The things my flesh wants to do, I do. The thing my flesh wants to do, the things I hate, I delight in the law of God. I delight in God's word. But do I do it? Not in my flesh, man. My flesh wants to sin. My flesh wants to lust. It wants to feed. It wants to become that vampire person. Paul, the guy who wrote like half the New Testament, says in Romans 7, the things I do, I do not do, and the things I do not want to do, I do. What a wretched man am I. That is brokenness, folks. That has taken an attitude of brokenness. And in your excuse-making, understand that. You can pull out of this. You can change your excuse habits. You can change your sexual habits. You can do it. Chapter 8 of Romans, Paul goes into how we change. If we're so stuck in our flesh, and our fleshy nature, as Dr. Gearhart would say, then how do we do the law that we fail so much at? How do we do that? Chapter 8 of Romans, Paul says, uh, we follow the Spirit. You make it a spiritual thing. You do this out of love for God, and your Spirit will guide you through. Just trying to shove the law into you is not going to work. Your flesh is too ingrained in it. Your Spirit, however, will kick your flesh's butt every single time. Uh, if you don't believe me, read a book called Man's Search for Meaning by a guy named Victor Frankl. I talked about this in a, a couple of different episodes. This guy went through Auschwitz. He went through uh, concentration camps. And he said that the people who survived that were people who were strong in spirit because in that situation, their flesh was gone. They were starved to death they were not being able to see sunlight in many occasions. They were denied everything in their flesh. So, not to get in too much of a big biblical debate on this, but uh, Romans 8 continues with how the law was weak because our flesh is weak. Our flesh is so weak that we couldn't do the law. So what did God do? He sent His Son... Jesus in the flesh to die in our place, to die on the cross for us who could not do what Jesus could do. He was the perfect lamb sacrifice for us. He bought us. He paid our debt in full on the cross. That's what that means. We are part of His body. We are part of the body of Christ. I've talked about that before. There's a new covenant. I mean, I'm not saying that God doesn't perform miracles. I'm, I do believe He does. But the reason we don't see that stuff like we did in biblical times before Jesus is because we have the law written on our hearts. We have a spirit, a Holy Spirit inside of us to help guide us that's why you're listening to my voice right now. Because if you were just caught in your flesh and your flesh was driving you all the time, you wouldn't be listening to this show. You'd say, screw my wife, screw my family, screw my job. I'm going to look at porn. I'm going to masturbate all the time. I'm going to, you know, bang sluts or whatever your attitude used to be. Change, you can heal.
I have. I want to take away some more excuses, uh, if I could, by using something that uh, I'm going to talk about here, and people may be challenging me on to be biblical, uh, keeping secrets. Uh, the Bible says you shouldn't keep secrets, Russ. What are you talking about keeping secrets? Keeping this from your wife and getting counseling first and repenting and getting it out of you with a counselor first before you tell your wife if your wife or your husband is a raging kind of person, if they are the kind of person who you feel would not forgive you or would not be able to handle that kind of pain because of who they are. Like uh, James said, you know, him finding out about this was much like the death of a child. We're just not built that way, not built to be able to handle that much pain. A lot of us, like me, uh, we're caught in our sexual addiction. And a lot of us uh, just go and we run and we confess it to our wife or our husband. But what is your motivation for that? That is what the uh, crux is on keeping a secret. Because I find, and my counselor, uh, my first counselor who dealt with uh, sex addicts has found that a lot of folks will go and confess this in order to strike against their wife or their husband. Now, for me, I think I got a little reckless with my porn use, you know, just almost trying to get caught. I mean, I wasn't consciously doing it. On my conscious mind, the last thing my flesh wanted to do was get caught. But I'll tell you, as a tech-savvy type of an individual, I do know how to cover my tracks. I can look at porn on the Internet and cover my tracks in a way where I will not be found out. I know how to do that stuff. I know how to hack through filters. You can put any kind of filter on a computer. doesn't mean you're not going to look at porn. I knew how to get around all that stuff. But I would drop the ball in certain areas. And I kind of identified that I think this was my heart, my spirit inside me saying, you know, using my own ADD, if you will, to trip me up. And I would get caught in my sinful behavior. And when I did, I had a tendency to blame my wife for it, or to lash out at her, or to use it as some way to strike her. And it was evil, it was horrible, it was terrible, I shouldn't have done that stuff. But that is my thing, that is your motive. Is your motivation to get this stuff out of you because you feel like you should be in control of everything. I don't need to call in the bomb squad, Russ. Episode 21, I talk about the smart way of confessing this when your wife is ready. First you go into a counselor's office or you go into a men's group and you say you have a problem with porn addiction. That's the first step. You get it out of you. You deal with that. Second step start working on your spouse and start working on your marriage and start working on your relationship. Get it to the point where your spouse can start to understand who you are, why you are using this stuff. Because you have to understand it for yourself first. You know, it's not because your wife may be overweight. It's not because your wife may be skinny. It's not because of her looks in any way, shape, or form. It's because of your distorted heart and your flesh. It's because you want variety. I had a guy, a comedian, I think I've talked about this before, I'll say it again, a comedian talking about how uh, his buddy was getting married and he said, uh, well, I sure hope you like potato chips. And his friend said, well, what do you mean by that? And he says, because potato chips are all you're going to have from now on. In other words, he says, I being the single guy, I can go to the rack and I can pick up Fritos or I can pick up Cheetos or I can pick up, uh, you know, any other kinds of chips, Funyuns, you know, all these different kind of chips that are out there, different furs. Looking at sex as a product, as I talked about in episode four, you can do all that stuff. If you get married, man, you're stuck with potato chips. And that's the problem, is you think that you have to have this variety. That's why looking at pornography is so damaging. Because you're stimulating your mind with all this variety. Your wife or your husband, ladies, no longer will satisfy. A lot of women, most women looking at pornography are looking at other women and using that. 
uh, fantasizing about being with another woman. And us guys, we also fantasize about that. And the devil loves to use our flesh and our depravity to drag us down to death. I love what Dr. Gearhart said in episode 5, kind of straightening me out on the whole the devil made me do it kind of attitude. No, your flesh is deeply ingrained in this sexual stuff. And the Bible says not even a hint, not even a hint of sexual immorality. Why? Because of the ripple effect. The ripple effect that happens when we sin sexually can go into all sorts of different areas and can create havoc in generations to come that we don't even know about. And it's not just abortions or pregnancies or kids born out of wedlock. That's a big part of it. It's not just sexually transmitted diseases, which is another big part of it. AIDS virus can kill you. It can kill you. Do you understand that? But your flesh, you're so mad at your flesh, your flesh hates it so much, your flesh hates you so much, that it will continue to feed to try and kill you. Because your Darth Vader is in charge many times. I don't care if I die. I don't care if I get AIDS. That's where that attitude comes from. So, if you're having affairs, if you have, uh, if you're married especially, and you're having affairs, uh, I challenge you to go get tested. Go get tested right away. You can go to here in the United States. I don't know what it's like in other countries, but there's a lot of places here in the United States you can go into, like the health department. I saw a news story on this a few years ago, and you can get tested for AIDS uh, discreetly without anybody knowing, uh, without your insurance company and stuff like that knowing about it, about your results. Um, there are also websites out there where you can get an AIDS test in the mail and discreetly in some way you can have it sent to you. You send the, you know, you print out this information, packaging information, and you send it to the company and you can check online whether you're positive or negative. I think that's extremely important. And if you are uh, having affairs, if you're having sex with people you don't know they're uh, healthy, even if you think you know they're healthy, I would go ahead and get tested. It can be a big step towards healing. I would do it, and I would do it right away if I was you. I would put a date in the calendar right now. Push stop on your iPod or your CD player or whatever you're listening to me on and do that. Make sure you're not spreading disease, especially to the one you love. Now, how can I justify keeping secrets biblically? How do you do that, Russ? Well, if you go to Matthew in chapter 6, I've been talking about Matthew a lot lately, huh? Read the whole book of Matthew. Do that. Jesus' words. Jesus talks about not advertising the fact that you are fasting. Well, what does that have to do with not confessing your sexual behavior to your wife? Well, your motivation. Why are you doing it? Sometimes humility can make us feel better. We feel good when we get things off our chest, you know, and that's why I think you should go to a pastor and do it, because it is important to feel better. It is important to get this out in the open where it's not destroying you, where there's not eating away at your heart anymore. So get it out in the open. Talk with somebody face-to-face about it, like a pastor, like a counselor, like somebody who is a safe place that you can trust. Well, I don't know if I trust my pastor, Russ. Maybe I uh, want to confess to them. Maybe you should give them some of my shows. Give them episode 21. Give them this episode so they understand where I'm coming from and why I think you running and telling your wife, especially if they're not a safe place, can be damaging. Or you, caught in your sexually compulsive behavior are being very reckless in trying to get caught because you want to strike your spouse. If that is the motivation to go and run and tell your spouse because you want yourself to feel better, look at me. I'm confessing my sin. Just like Jesus talks about 
with the guy who's fasting. You know, you walk around all mopey and stuff, and you're acting like you're fasting, and, oh, I can't do that today, I'm fasting. I, don't talk to me right now, I'm fasting. Why do you say that? Why are you saying that you're fasting? Jesus says, don't advertise it. Do it in secret. He actually says that. Fast in secret. So, yes, you need to talk to somebody about it. Yes, you need to get it out in the open. Yes, you are sinking deeper in your sin the longer you keep it inside you without confessing to it. Yes, I believe that. But, do you need to run to your spouse and run to your wife right away and tell them? No. Why? Because you may end up in divorce court. Why would you end up in divorce court? Because your wife or your husband's not a safe place. Why are they not a safe place? That's what you need to figure out. Get into couples counseling and start talking about this stuff. So if you're using the excuse, I don't want to keep secrets, and that's why you're not getting like a Yahoo email address and you're not emailing me, you know what, you need to heal. You need to make the decision to heal first. Let's take this one step at a time, alright? Get an anonymous Yahoo email address and don't use it for your sexual behavior, rendezvous, or whatever it is. Use it to heal. Healing is a choice. Maybe call your screen name that. Healing Bob, or whatever your name is. A secret thing to keep from my wife? You're encouraging that, Russ? As long as it takes place in order to heal. Yes, you need to heal. You need a safe place to talk about this stuff. That is critically important. Critically important. Part of not finding a safe place part of using the excuse not to heal is also this attitude Jesus talks about, about the faster who is, uh, you know, the guy who's fasting and he, he's running around the church going, oh, look at me, I'm sad and I'm beat up, I'm fasting. A lot of times we do that. We get beat up by the church or we look at the church as a way to beat us up. Hey, I'm going to confess this to people who are not safe because they will beat me and that makes me feel better. My flesh likes it when my uh, spirit feels like a beaten down dog in the dirt. My attitude and my mission with this show is like Paul said, to get that dog, that little beaten down dog, to get up and start fighting. That spirit inside you is what needs to fight in order to heal, in order to become the person that God put you on this earth to be. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Do you understand that? Is your spirit being beaten? blasted by the unsafe people in your life, like your wife, your husband, your church? Is it causing you to beat yourself up? Identify that. You know? If you have to run out of your church and find another one, do that. But talk about this stuff. Before, you know, like I did with my first pastor, before you do that, Start to work on them and start to look for the seeds, you know, ask the questions that are going to get those seeds to grow. Because your pastor may just be not using the right seeds with you. Remember, you need to get that dog up fighting. You need to get that little dog to fight your flesh. Because your dog of your flesh is probably much bigger, if you're listening to my voice right now, than the little dog down deep inside your heart. Yeah, but Russ, I feel hopeless. You might be saying, I feel like I can't conquer this thing. Like I'm so ingrained in my behavior that I can't not stop. I feel like that. First of all, take can't out of your vocabulary, alright? You can do this. And I know why you feel that way. The reason you feel that way is because your bad dog is so much bigger than your little dog. Your flesh dog is a German Shepherd and your heart dog is a Chihuahua. But listen to me, when you're talking about spiritual terms here, alright, 
Bible says we are fighting a battle in heavenly realms. We are not fighting against flesh and blood and mortar and steel and concrete. We are not fighting a battle in a physical realm. We are fighting a battle in a spiritual realm. And let me tell you something. It's the size of the fight in that little chihuahua that's going to kick butt on that German shepherd. Do you understand that? Russ at digitalaudioproject.com if you don't. If you don't understand that, then you have a responsibility to learn why. I don't understand. Then email me. Get that hurt out of you. Get those seeds that might have grown into nasty, prickly weeds out of you. You can do that. You can face some of that stuff that maybe religion has put bad seeds in your spiritual life that's caused you to run away spiritually, caused you to distance yourself from God. You know, if God feels distant from you, you moved, all right? He didn't move. You need to realize that. You need to be in community. You want your uh, little dog to beat that big dog, you need to get into a group, I believe. It's a group, men's groups, talking about sexual identity and sexual uh, issues. Sexual integrity type of group. And I love the name of it. It's called Pure Warrior. I thought that's an awesome name. It's a great attitude to label your group with. Another guy I got an email from is uh, joining another group. Big Andy in the UK gave me permission to use his name. Joining a group called Impact. I like that name. You want to make an impact. We want to make an impact on this world. That's what we're doing here. That's what we as Christians are called to do. And part of making an impact is getting good seeds in people and putting that message in a seed that's going to grow in that person. That's what making an impact is, folks. You want to make an impact on people, you got to bring it down 18 inches from their mind to their heart. So I wanted to close with this. Got a few emails right here. There's an email from uh, Peter, who's not a Christian, by the way. I welcome all faiths to this show. You don't have to be a Christian to listen to this show. Peter says, Russ, I have 22 days of sexual sobriety. I had a couple of slips after my last email to you because over because I overreacted to things in my life, but I came to realize that I have only two choices. Either face up to the problem and do the work to recover or drown in a cesspool I have created through my own behavior. I have had many nights of struggle in the last three weeks, but I always come back to asking myself, what kind of person do I want to be? I've had one session with my counselor, and I will have a second today. I have also contacted a 12-step sex addicts group and will be attending my first meeting tonight. That's from Peter. He's written me a lengthy email. I'd love to address his whole email on another show. But uh, my hat's off to Peter. I mean, that is being a warrior out there doing this thing and getting it conquered and, and taking real action steps to take this thing on. And what is going to be the, uh, the result of that? Another email I want to share from uh, Charlie. Just wanted to share this thought. He says, I was thinking of my life as a story or a film and realized that when I'm on my deathbed, that it will either be a tragedy or a beautiful story of hope and victory. In the tragedy version, it features me as someone who is addicted to porn and who never has the strength to, or desire to surrender and who is trapped for his whole life in, a, in guilt and pain and frustration. In the other version, I overcome this struggle with God's help and lead a life of holiness and power and I am the person God created me to be. I am an encouragement to others. My life is a wonderful testimony of God's power. I do not want my life to be a tragedy. Peace, Russ. Keep up the fantastic work. Love and peace. Thank you so much, Charlie. And that is the truth. When you die, what's going to be on your epitaph? What are going to be the credits that roll in your life? Is it going to be a film of tragedy? Or is it going to be hope and victory? It's up to you. I'll leave you with a song by a guy. 
this guy uh, just figured he could ride on most of his life. We're just going to ride on, just going to keep things normal. I challenge you to get out of normal and choose your life because this guy's life ended in tragedy. He says, one of these days, I'm going to change my evil ways. One of these days. Make a decision now to change your life. I think this guy, Bond Scott, was a, a great man in a lot of ways, musical genius. He needed to take steps to change his evil ways before they caught up with him. This man died of an alcohol overdose. He drowned in his own vomit in the backseat of a car. It's a tragedy. And the world is at loss for losing this man. It's up to you. Make decisions today. Don't just decide to ride on. Make a decision today, now, to change. If you want to uh, support this ministry financially, I pray that you go to uh, digitalaudioproject.com. Help keep this show on the podcast waves in the bandwidth world out there. You can uh, mail me a donation if you like or any comments, that you, anything you want to mail me. P.O. Box 2526, Everett, Washington, 98213-0526. That's to Russ Shaw. You can also call on the voicemail line. Now I have a voicemail line. It's 449-7942. If you want to be a caller to the show, play your call on the show. Or if you don't want your voice played on the show, just let me know. Till next week. Ain't too young to admit it Now I'm not too old to lie I'm just another empty head One of these days